Here we go. Hey, why why are we hearing from Casey? This this doesn't sound normal. What's going on? Well, hey, I just wanted to kind of hop in here real quick. We've got a special episode today for the podcast. Um, as some of you may know, or some of you may heard from the the sponsored by on the podcast. I've got this new company called Ringmaster, and we launch podcasts for B2B businesses, brands, entrepreneurs, visionaries, thought leaders. It's a hell of a lot of fun. And so I just recently did a podcast. Um, actually, I just recently did a webinar. This is the podcast. I did a webinar on the ROI of podcasting. And I, I basically break down um, why now is the time. And it, trust me, it's not a sales pitch. Um, that comes later. <laughs> And then, and then I talk through all the different value points of the things you get from podcasting in a particular style. I've kind of developed a style, um, a whole methodology, um, all about connecting with your guest. The guest is the most important part of the podcast that I like, as you probably know from listening to this. Um, and so the, what you're going to hear next is basically the podcast. And we'll try to have the full video and everything up for YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, hello, and you get to see the slides and all that. But we're also just going to have, you know, just the audio only uh, on the podcast as, as it normally goes out. So if you're curious and you're on that long road trip or whatever the case may be, and you want to hear about podcasting, it's basically me in normal Casey style, just going through all the things that I love about podcasting. And then toward the end of that, there's a real good marketing tie-in because I talk about how to track the marketing campaign ROI of podcasting. And there's several different kinds of ways you can track it. So I go through each and every one of those. Um, if you ever, if you do listen to this and you want to see the visuals, just hop onto YouTube to see the episode there. At the end, I talk a little bit about what it means to, to launch a podcast. What, what would it take? What would it look like? How much time would it take? And we go into just a little bit of details for that. And then there's a sales pitch at the end. Yahtzee. But then that's about it. Anyways, I really love this webinar and I really um, enjoyed the story. So I want that's why I wanted to make this a special episode for everyone on this podcast. And and if you haven't already reached out to me, some of you have to say hi and that you're listening. I really appreciate it because I just I just want to learn from people and then share it with everyone else. And it sounds like you do too. Um, and if you haven't already reached out, I have a new email address. It is Casey at ringmaster.com. Just like it sounds. That's it. So I will see you all on the next episode. Let me know. Shoot me an email if you know someone that I should totally interview. I would love to learn from anyone and everyone you know of. Um, but other than that, hey, enjoy the webinar and email me with any questions. I'll see you next time. Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. Today's show is sponsored by Ringmaster on a mission to launch B2B podcasts that create relationships, generate revenue, and drive growth. Ringmasterlive.com. Bam. Hello, hello and welcome everyone. This is Ringmaster and this is our first webinar of our podcast series. This is on the ROI of podcasting. So not only what's going on, why should you should hop into it, especially B2B podcasts, but also how do you calculate, how do you measure if you're actually being successful with your show? So we're going to have a blend of marketing, a blend of podcasting, 
a blend of crazy storytelling with Casey. We're gonna have a lot of fun today. As you can see from the disclaimer down below, there are people joined here live today. For those of you on the recording, welcome. All good. You missed out on the, the crazy conversation, but if you do have questions, uh, the people throughout will be asking questions in the chat and then we have a Q and A at the end. So if you hear me randomly start talking to something that you can't see, it might be because it's in the chat. I hope you can join us next time. But for those in the recording, if you do end up having a question, my email is simple. It's Casey at ringmaster.com. Shoot me with any questions you might have and we'll have a lot of fun. So let's get started on the ROI of podcasts. First and foremost, why are we here? Well, we're here because there's a trend happening. There's something changing in the way that we receive information, whether it's marketing or marketing aside, just as, as humans, there's this thing called podcasting and it has taken storm. How many of you in the group today, in the chat, how many of you have Netflix? Go ahead and give me a thumbs up. Give me a hi. Give me a, your favorite show uh, on Netflix. Give me something I should check out. If you've got Netflix, throw it in there. And what's crazy when I saw this stat, the fact that there are more people that listen to podcasts than watch Netflix, I just assumed Netflix was the thing that everyone had, right? Well, it, it is. It still pretty much is the thing that almost everyone has. I mean, how else are you going to Netflix and chill? Well, clearly there's only one option, but you know what? That many more people, even in America as a small subsegment, have have podcasts as, as a medium that they listen to on a regular basis. So something's happening over a third, that's hundreds of millions of people right there are listening regularly. And that's not just like they've checked it out or they've heard of it. It's they've made it a habit. And so there's, there's something happening here. We're seeing podcasts growing. It's not just a thing in a basement, a couple goofy comedians tinkering around. It's turned into this, this medium of force. It's some, there's something going on here. And in the business world, in the, in the B2B world, we cannot ignore this. We really can't. You see on this chart here, you see that podcasts are growing. Uh, the listenership of podcasts are growing in the United States. And you know what's crazy is it continues to grow. And I would even argue that this, um, this is pre-COVID, probably when this thing came out or just before. Uh, I'm pretty sure this has turned into a hockey stick going just straight up. People are like, you know what? Give me something to listen to. And so this, this chart is actually even, even stronger of a growth point at, at right now. So anyways, things are growing, listeners are growing, and what's happening? Well, I've heard this before as well, where we're saying, well, aren't we too late? There's hundreds of millions of listeners. And guess what? How many podcasts are there? Any guess? You can't tell on this chart, but how many guests? Uh, in the chat, go ahead and throw it in there. How many podcasts? And those, those listening at home, listening in your office, uh, just take a guess. Uh, how many podcasts currently in existence right now? Okay, I see seven million in the chat. Uh, I see two million. Any other any other guesses before time runs out? I can't I can't offer you a Ferrari if you get the answer correct, but uh, but definitely a pat on the back. Sean actually got it. Uh, two million. There's currently, give or take a few, about two million podcasts that exist right now, um, and you think, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. And you consider blogs. How many blogs do we have in existence? So it's roughly 600 million. And yeah, I remember there's a time and place where you had to convince a company to launch a blog. 
They're like, what is that? They just, they just finally figured out that they had to have a website. And then you're telling them they need to have a regular blog that they're, they're putting content on. Well, no one would ever argue that point now, right? You need a blog because what? That's how you convey your thought leadership. Well, there's something happening now where people are saying, yeah, blogs. Okay. And, but a lot of times they're, they're junk. A lot of times people aren't reading them anymore. It doesn't really do what you thought it would do for SEO. And there's a shift happening where podcasts are starting, but this is not like podcasts are at 200 million or 100 million. Even. They're only at 2 million. So you're actually, you're not early. You're not like too early. It's, it's the exact right time to get into podcasting. If you're a business, if you're a coach, a consultant, um, especially the kind of podcasting that, that we're going to talk about here today, which is that, that business to business type podcast. And just, you know, this has happened before. I remember uh, the story of about 10, I don't know, not even 10, almost 20 years ago now, which kind of makes me feel old. But I remember uh, being at one of my first jobs as a marketer and my boss at the time said, there's this thing called Twitter. Uh, and I was like, okay. Um, and he's like, you should go sign up for it. Okay. I signed up for it. And, you know, lo and behold, Twitter becomes a thing and overthrows governments in Egypt and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, and in all the, the hilarity that ensues across the world using things like Twitter. Uh, and sure enough, when I looked at one point, you can actually tell what user number you are. And I was like 19 million and change, right? Which sounds like I'm a late adopter. But when I realized, and I, you know, I Googled how many Twitter users are there now, if you were to guess, you'd be right if it's about 217 million users of Twitter, plus or minus some which means, man, 19 was kind of early. So this is the same kind of the feeling I had around Twitter looking back going, wow, I was kind of at the perfect time to get into this thing. Same thing's happening with podcasts. So if you haven't met me, it's great to meet you. Hi, I'm Casey. Nice to meet you. CEO here at Ringmaster. I've been in this marketing thing, this B2B marketing game for a long time. Uh, I've had a lot of fun and for a long time, I actually focused on marketing automation. I have a book on Amazon called Marketing Automation Unleashed. Check it out. It's everything I could possibly tell you about marketing automation and how to care at scale, right? So I was Mr. Automation for so long. But one of the things I did when I, I had this uh, automation company is I started doing a podcast. And I started to slowly realize that while automation was great, there was nothing like that one-to-one -one connection you got from doing a podcast. And when you compared lead sources in a B2B fashion, you might find you actually can generate just as much business from a podcast as maybe you could do from, you know, some spray and pray email marketing campaign. So it really made me take a second, take a second look at it. And then later on, when I had the opportunity to go all in on podcasts, that's what I did. So I've been doing this uh, for a couple of years now. I've got over 300 episodes, three shows. I've got some pictures down below. Check them out, the Hardcore Marketing Show and Leadership in Action. The only reason I'm telling you these stats is, one, because I love those shows and I've had such a great time and I'd love you to learn from the same people I learned from on those shows, but also that, that I've, I've learned the hard way along the way. And so a lot of today's presentation and future webinars is all about what not to do or what to do. And again, I've learned, you know, episode one was a pretty hokey episode. I don't even have video for it because we messed it up. Uh, so, so if I can, if I can share with you and help you skip from the crawl to the walk to right to the run, that's what I'm all about here. So let's get into it. This company Ringmaster, a little bit about us. Uh, and again, not so much to brag, but really to highlight that we've learned 
uh, a lot of things from just trying different aspects and trying different things. Um, and, and so we've created over 710 episodes, but in what we like to consider is connections. Our why as a company here is to create human connection um, and facilitate that between the host and the guest. And so across all the shows we have and all the different guests that have been on, there's been over 710 fantastic conversations. Uh, and we are just so happy about that, proud about that. You can see the listen numbers. You can see the YouTube views. A lot of people are, are getting some attention. A lot of our, our clients' podcasts are getting a lot of attention based on their, their podcast. And the final number that I like to just throw out there, because really at the end of the day, especially in the B2B world, is we have to show revenue. We can't just do activities for the sake of activities. We have to prove that they're helping the company grow. And so one of the things we do here is we help not only teach about how to use podcasts to generate new business, but also we track it. So for our clients, we're tracking all of their pipeline related to the podcast. And so far we're at geez, 24.9 million. Uh, don't forget that 3,590. Um, that's the pipeline we're tracking. These are, these are potential business deals across all the pipelines that we're tracking. So again, we always got to bring it back to revenue. All right. So let's talk about today's agenda. And, and real quick, if you do have any questions, uh, definitely throw them in the chat. I know there's a Q&A interface. If you want to throw like a private question in there uh, so no one else sees it, feel free to do that. And I'll be able to get to those at the end. But I will be watching the chat as we go along. So if you have any questions, put them right in there. All right. Today's agenda. What are we going to talk about? Well, six simple things. Eh, it's a little bit of a journey, but we're going to have a lot of fun. So first and foremost, we're going to talk about the biggest flaw that I've seen with decades of experience in the B2B marketing world. There's a flaw in generating business. There's a flaw in doing any kind of marketing in any kind of business development, and we're going to speak to it. And then we're going to talk about the solution to that and how, po how podcasts fit into that. And there's actually a new currency. There's a new currency that you can use to grow your company. And so we're going to talk through that. And then the idea of what does a podcast do for you, right? What are the kind of ways it can create value? So we'll talk about all the things there. And you'd be surprised. The audience actually is not the most important or is not the most direct uh, benefit that you're going to have for your company, which is kind of a flip of the model. Because I think a lot of people come in thinking, well, I really got to get a million listeners. I really got to get a bunch of listeners. It's actually not about the listeners. Um, they're important, uh, but they're not the primary um, thing you're going to be doing on a podcast. So we'll talk about that. Finally, any of you who have ever struggled to create content for your companies, uh, for your marketing efforts, we are going to talk about how a podcast simply becomes a content making machine. And it's an efficient one at that. So we'll go through that. Finally, it can't all be talk. We have to measure. And what gets measured gets improved. It gets done. We're going to talk through a different couple different scenarios of how you could measure the effect your podcast is having. And finally, the launch uh, and, and the idea of what are some of the, the sort of the ends of what it might take to launch? How much time does it take? What does a launch look like? And, you know, probably a little plug for Ringmaster too here and there. Um, and really the thing to talk about here, you see B2B written here, a, a podcast is very much like in a blank canvas. You can create anything you want. A 30 second podcast that releases every hour, you know, nine hour long podcast, you, the Joe Rogans, the Tim Ferrisses, there's all different kinds of podcasts. But what we found and what I've personally found from doing my shows is there's a, there's a particular kind of podcast 
that works the best for creating relationship and that works the best in the B2B setting as it, as it relates to growing a company. And so that's the kind of podcast we're going to focus on. But by no means does that mean you can't go and create your 30-second wizard podcast. By all means, have fun with that. But we're going to focus on a particular kind here. All right. What is the secret? The secret flaw. I had a friend uh, who took a position as the head of sales for a brand new startup. And he called me and he asked me for some marketing advice. He, he said, hey, you know, we're, we're going to have this, this company and we need to talk to CIOs, chief information officers um, at these large companies. We need, to, we need to get their attention because they're the ones that really would make the decision to buy this, this new software that he was representing. And he wanted to talk to me about, you know, what would it take to get their attention? Old school me, the, the, you know, the me that's spent decades working in companies, SaaS companies, service companies, whatever the case may be, trying to do exactly what he's talking about. And whether it's the CIO or the CMO or the CTO, you know, the CEO, CSO, whichever person is your decision maker that you're trying to get in touch with, there's a bit of a challenge, right? There's a bit of a game. And so the first things that came to mind in my old school mentality was, well, you know, we can go to all the big shows and go to all the big events that these, these companies might be at. We can spend a lot of money on a booth, on presentations, on really cool giveaways uh, that just make a scene, right? We can just make a scene. We're going to spend a lot of money to do this, right? Even the booths alone can be a hundred grand sometimes when they're just really fancy. You can spend a lot of money to have yourself represented at the new person at this show to really kind of make it, make an attention grab. Now, knowing though that, you know, maybe that CIO, maybe the, the people you really want to get in touch with aren't there. Maybe they're, maybe they're, uh, they're tacticians there and you're going to have to sort of climb the food chain. But in my mind, I just, it sort of all flashed before me. And I thought about all the work that you would have to do to get the attention of the senior level person who really doesn't want to give you his attention or her attention. Um, and I thought, man, that's a challenge. It's going to be about two years and we're going to finally get them to even just think the name right? As a start, not even take a phone call, definitely not take a phone call, but at least think the name and maybe have their team investigated. And then the other side of me thought, well, you know, I've been doing a lot of podcasts lately and I've been connecting with my customers on these podcasts. And then the thought is, well, you know, the new version, the, the new way of doing this would be screw the events. I'm not going to do that at all. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and create a podcast and invite the CIOs to be guests on it, interview them, make them feel like rock stars, get their attention, honor them. And, and with that method, I thought, you know, it won't take me two years. I could probably get some of these CIOs to be on this show and to have a conversation with me or whoever in that, in that company within weeks, within weeks, you know, depending on their schedule, maybe a month, but that'd be very quick. And there'd be no doubt in my mind or their mind what exactly this new SaaS brand did after that, after the prep call and after the show itself, there'd be no doubt that that decision maker would know not only what you do, but they'd be acutely aware of it. They would definitively know about it. And they might even, you know, like you or like the, the people at the company at the same time. So I thought, man, that that's the new way of doing it. But this just exposed this this, this biggest flaw in B2B marketing is that 
we play a lot of games. We play a lot of games. The notice me game we just talked about, but then it's that give me your time game. It's no matter what, no matter whether you do ABM marketing or you pound people with email marketing at the end of the day, you still need to get them on the phone. Right. And they don't want to get on the phone with you. They, they just don't. And so no matter what kind of tricks you do to get their attention and get in front of them at the end of the day, it's a sales rep trying to schedule some time on their calendar. And, and the options have never really changed. The sort of the, the makeup or the branding might've changed. We're doing account-based marketing now and we're sending them fancy socks, try to get their attention. You got their attention, but they still don't want to talk to you on a phone call. Whereas with a podcast, we can instantly get you on the phone with them, right? So the contrast is just so ridiculous. Why would we do any of the other things if we could immediately get our prospects on the phone right away? There's a great quote from a guy named Dan Sullivan. And that quote is, everyone is competing for your attention, but no one is competing to give you attention. And just let that sink in for a second. Everyone is competing for your attention. That's the marketing. That's the sales. That's the games we just talked about. But no one is competing to give you their attention. Think about even at a dinner table, you're out with friends, <laughs> friends, family, even complete strangers. You wouldn't tell the difference from you all looking at your phones, right? I'm guilty of this too. Looking at your phone, you're not really even giving your attention to those people and you probably even care about them. How much less is it going to happen for a prospect, right? So even if you're on a sales call and anyone that's on here that's been on a sales call, how many times have you been on a sales call and didn't started checking your email? Because you don't want to be rude and interrupt the sales rep, but you have better things to do, right? This flips the script. Now, we're not trying to get their attention. We're giving them our attention. And a podcast is a perfect platform for that. But this is key. It's not about you. It never really was. It's not about you in marketing. It's not about you in sales. It's all about the prospect. So this is kind of a weird flip of the script because even though we say that, it seems weird, right? Because shouldn't we all think this? It's not really about us. It's about, it's about the guest. It's about the prospect. It's about the customer, right? And, and giving them your attention. But sometimes we forget that, especially when we have our marketing tech to hide behind. So this is the game with no competition. The idea is that you interview your ideal customers on your podcast. You invite them on. Almost none of them will ever say no because you're honoring them. It's an honor to be invited, given all this attention. And not only your attention, but the attention of all your listeners. And yes, they are the rock star, not you. Of course, you're going to be the awesome host that, that everyone is, is psyched to hear you know, week in and week out. And they can't wait to know who you're going to interview next. And I tell you, the calendars open up. When you take this approach, instead of being, hey, when can I get you on my next sales call? It's, hey, when can I honor you and, and, and interview you and learn from you on my podcast? And then your calendar becomes the one that holds everything up, not theirs. It's, it's a complete flip of the script. You control the quantity as well. If you find this is working so well, you can actually crank it up. We've got a lot of groups are, that we work with at Ringmaster where they've gone from a single podcast a week to twice a week. Um, the Hardcore Marketing Show, uh, one of my shows, I've actually experimented. I've gone up to three and sometimes four podcasts in a given week because I realized it was just great conversations with future customers and I could out-podcast the competition. Finally, the people that you talk to, these ideal customers, they are grateful to you after this opportunity. How weird is that? Again, instead of doing the same old, same old, the status quo, 
you're flipping the script and you're saying, let me honor you. And then they're grateful for your time. And you're grateful because you got them on the podcast. It just, it just connects and it makes so much sense. Yeah, exactly, Tom. Time to change the game, right? And there's a lot of people still playing that initial game. They're, they're still doing the spend at the trade show. They're still trying to harass people into getting on the phone. Instead, we flip it around, we make it about them, and we ask for their time. And they say yes. The prize of changing the game, the prize of this new game is a connection, a connection with an ideal customer and not just a, a kind of any day customer, a, a customer that you'd love to talk to, a customer that would buy so much from you. And, and really the new currency is just that, it's connection. So connection is the new currency. And with that, companies grow, deals are done, and you don't even have to pitch, you don't have to trick, you don't have to send them socks. Maybe you will. But, but there maybe it'll be hiking socks instead. I had this amazing opportunity happen with me where I was interviewing a, an ideal client for my last company. And it was on the Hardcore Marketing Show. Interviewed her, brilliant, uh, great person. And, um, and after the conversation, she actually, you know, we chatted a little bit about hiking because we're talking about the personal side, not just talking about marketing. Uh, and she mentioned that she actually would come up to New Hampshire every now and then and, and go hiking with her friends. And knowing that, now that I live in New Hampshire, she said, hey, next time we come up, we should all go hiking. We should all go hiking together, right? And how different is that from being stood up on sales calls or being ignored, your emails being ignored, right? Your texts, your emails, your letters, whatever, being ignored or, or hit as spam. Instead, your ideal customer is telling you, let's go hiking. And isn't that the kind of real relationship was the way that sales used to be done, right? Let's let's go get let's go get dinner. Let's go, you know, make friends and let's see if we can help each other. Not that sort of trick, that mass production, that you know, that tiny little factory. Instead of making cars, you're trying to make customers in this factory, and each one you're trying to just treat it like a like a Model T on the Ford production line. But instead, you really get to know each other. And guess what? Unless you're a jerk, they will like you because with the design of the show you're going to make them look like a rock star. And, and by doing that, that is like the biggest compliment for you ever because you're, it's, you're making not about you and you're making it about them. And the other thing is you'll do a prep call. We highly recommend you do prep calls. And on the prep call, you're going to tell them what you're going to ask. And then on the show, you're going to ask what you told them you would ask. And that's just the start of where trust is created, right? You said what you were going to do and you did it. That's where trust comes from. Uh, do I remember which mountain I climbed with them? Well, it was up, it was probably in the Franconia Notch region. Uh, there's a couple mountains up there. Good question. Um, and actually came a couple times and there's, there's, there's so many stories related um, to, to that. So yeah, good question. All right. Next, next quote. If people like you, they'll listen to you. But if they trust you, they'll do business with you. And again, we just spoke to trust is getting created with a podcast. They'll, they're going to like you because you made them the rock star, but they're going to trust you because you said you would make them a rock star. You said you would ask these questions and then you did it. So what happens? They buy from you, right? So let's talk about the results. Let's talk about the key benefits of B2B podcasting. Let's go through them and then we'll talk about how to measure them. First and foremost, there's direct client acquisition. 
And it's very straightforward. You have a guest on the show, they become a new client. Uh, sometimes there's a need, sometimes there isn't, but either way, the way to track this is very straightforward. I invited 52 guests on this year, X number of them purchased, right? Or we did started doing business together, or maybe you start buying from them as well. Maybe you need their software. Again, that just makes a mutual relationship. And one of the things where this first came up happened to me accidentally. And I was doing an episode of my, uh, my hardcore marketing show and uh, I, I just had created it to make content and maybe learn from people and maybe make some friends, right? So I was having a great conversation with this um, the CMO, powerful lady, great speaker uh, at a large SaaS company that, that everyone would be familiar with. And um, after the podcast, we, you know, we ended the recording and she mentioned, you know, I'm, a, I'm about to migrate from Marketo to Pardot. And if you don't know, that's exactly what my last company did. We migrated people from Marketo to Pardot. We were Pardot experts. And so to have this CMO, obviously decision maker, say, oh, yeah, we're moving from this tool to that tool, which is a big deal too, by the way. You've got to make sure you work with a group that you trust to say this. And then to my surprise, I said, well, well, shoot, that's exactly what we do. That's crazy. What a coincidence. And it really was. It was just a coincidence. And I thought, man, this is pretty cool. And what was even cooler is that turned into an $80,000 migration, an $80,000 project where I said, hey, that's what we do. And she's, oh, this is great. Well, let's get our teams talking to each other. And we got them talking to each other and we made a plan and we executed on it. So there wasn't even really a sales cycle. It was like, of course we need to work together because if, if you can find a vendor you can trust and we built so much trust on that podcast, then why not work with them? Of course you need to you know, speak to speak and you need to walk the walk. And actually you're not again, trying to trick people, but if you have that expertise and you can help out your new friend by all means. And so what you find with the guests that you have, if you have targeted them, if you have um, designed it so that they are your ideal customer, well, then that's fantastic. Um, but you don't know necessarily what stage they're at, unless you build that into your, your targeting for your guests at your podcast, in which case, you're going to have all sorts of different um, uh, referrals, all sorts of kinds of business. If there is a need present, like the example I had, they're migrating soon and within a month or two, then that sales cycle is fast and non-existent. If there's no need though, and that happens just as much, um, then you often will benefit from referrals from that person until there's a need from them themselves and their, in their company, in which case you'll have a much shorter sales cycle. Um, once there's actually a need because they know the person to use for that. Uh, but in the meantime, you'll often find that that guest will be one of your biggest fans and referring their friends to you because they're happy now to have someone that they can connect their friends with and their, their colleagues and peers with. And one quick side benefit of this direct model and the fact that it's really all about the guest is that you can ask them questions and they'll almost answer everything or they will answer everything. And so you can ask them questions about their biggest challenges. You can ask them questions about uh, you know, what keeps them up at night and understanding where the hard work is for them. So that if perhaps you can create a solution to address that, or you already have one, you can speak right to that need that they have. And so, so what I found is that oftentimes with the automation world, we didn't do any customer research. And so this was the complete opposite of that. Instead, 
now you're doing tons of research. Every podcast is essentially customer research. And later on, we talk about ROI, this direct revenue. This is just a direct attribution of like client came in, boom, lead over to deal opportunity, close one. And you can attribute it right back to the podcast. Very easy to track because you don't have a million guests offline all over the place. You might have 52, you might have 104 if you're doing double, however many you have, but it's very direct because you're going to the decision maker. You don't have a lot of other people involved. And so it's very easy to track this. Probably the easiest thing to track. All right, the next, the next aspect of, of growth from a podcast is the indirect client acquisition. And how this works is when your show goes live with that guest, you're going to thank them and you're going to put it all over LinkedIn. You're going to put it out there and about there and, and really promote your guest as an expert. Again, they're the rock star. And when you do that, they are going to reshare that post and they're going to share the episode with their network, with their friends, with their peers, and you're going to benefit from however big their network is. Now, however big their network is, but however much influence they have, you're going to benefit from that. Um, and again, this is not a trick. So you really are putting them in the best light. And then if you do that, they will reciprocate in a way by sharing it with all the people they know. And so what is the value of reaching, in this case, 7,928 uh, 7, followers, right? Or reaching however many followers, um, it, you know, and it's, it's, not even, it's not even an ad. It's someone in your network that you trust sharing that this thing happened in this show. And so you end up having this indirect client acquisition. And a lot of that comes from the guest. After doing the, the podcast interview, you can ask them, who else should I talk to? You're fantastic. Who else is like you? And they tell you about some other CMOs or CIOs just like them that you should talk to. In fact, they might even introduce you to them on email. And then away that goes, right? Away that network goes. If you have one guest in, introduce you to two people, now you're getting exponential. Now this thing is growing beyond your, your wildest control because now you're meeting all these people and they're all happy to talk to you because you had a personal introduction. The other side is that social side, which we talked about a little bit. And then finally, the referrals. And there is, um, there is one guest I've had on the show where I can't, I can't count how many people. We're tracking it in CRM, but I, I can't literally tell you how many times she has just been so gracious and caring and really a reflection of, of the show itself. I made her the rock star and she really was. She had such a powerful episode in the marketing podcast. And, but you know what? She has introduced me to so many of her peers on email too, not even just sharing, but she has literally sent emails saying, Hey, you need to meet Casey. He does X, Y, and Z. They launch podcasts. I think you should have one. And she has just literally done that. Um, and it, and it's that kind of friend level referrals, right? It's not like a casual referral. I've heard of this place. I think they're okay. It's like, he's my guy. She's my gal. Like, do you know, check them out. And it's just, oh amazing right it's amazing and all all it came from was just the fact that you know you're putting something the spotlight on someone else you can see some of the clips down here views minutes watched 250 minutes watched of a, of a promo of your guest saying something and do you think that helps them out too absolutely it helps them out one of uh one of my most popular episodes on the hardcore marketing show is not one of the most famous people i've ever spoken to in fact it's someone that you might not have heard of um, and he's a head of sales in a, in a company in Texas. And 
he had a great, he had a great interview. He was very, uh, it was very clear that he wanted the best for his customers um, and not in a sort of a salesy way, but in like a really championing for his customer base. And so great interview, talked about how to do sales the right way. Uh, fantastic. Well, you know what? He felt the same way. He felt that that put him in such a good light that now anytime someone is goes to buy from him, he sends them a link to our podcast episode and says, check this out. Check this out. Uh, if you like what you hear, that's the kind of person I am and that's who you'll be working with. And then you should buy from us. So he's actually using his podcast episode as his marketing collateral which just obviously puts our name out there as well and, and helps him out, which is, which is fantastic. Next, the audience, right? Uh, it's funny. A lot of people just immediately go to the audience is the most important, but it's not the case. It's not the case. And I, I used to say that the audience was the icing on the cake, which is a little disingenuous because um, it's a little bit more than icing because the audience actually becomes an asset over time. But initially, there isn't that many people listening. And so it's not necessarily about how many people are listening, but who is listening. Now, this is the flip side on the B2C world. If you're trying to sell the consumers, you need a million people to listen so that 10% will click on your link and go to your e-commerce shop and purchase, right? But not the case with B2B. With B2B, you may have paid for the whole thing with that one guest interview, which means if anyone listens to it, that's cool, but your job was done is just having that interview. But the cool thing is if you put your guests first and you have great guests and you, and you have some great questions, people will listen because you're going to create a great show. And so over time, that audience will grow and they'll become an asset. They'll become, uh, there's a concept Kevin Kelly had from Wired Magazine called a thousand raving fans. And the concept was if you're a band, you don't need a hundred million people to, uh, to listen to you and be your fans, you need a thousand raving fans. That'd be a thousand people that whenever you came out with music, they would buy it. If you came out with a special LP, if you came out with a special, um, you know, live something or other, they would buy it, right? You only need a thousand of them. Well, it's the same idea. You don't even need a thousand um, raving fans for your podcast because how well does someone know you and, and trust you and your company if they've listened to you for 300 hours, Right. How well do you know someone if you listen to them for 300 hours? Well, you know them pretty well. And so that same kind of thing happens with your audience. People will hear it and they will, they will know you won't know them yet until you get some of these messages. Like I posted on here from LinkedIn where they're saying, Hey, I love your podcast. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I love you back because I was really dying to know if anyone is actually listening. And yes, they are listening. You'll see the stats, but you won't know they're they're They are real people that, that trust you and respect you and, and love the kind of content you've been putting out there. So that audience will grow and they'll become those fans and they'll become the kind of network that you can really work with and leverage to, to help out more people. All right. Again, there's other benefits to podcasting and sponsorships is a big one. Sponsorships, uh, just like the audience, sneaks in there. And it's not so much about quantity, but it's about it's not about the, the size as much as about the segment when it comes to B2B podcasting. And the reason for that is B2C podcasting need to have millions again. And they're buying at a cost per million. Maybe you're making a couple dollars here. You're competing with Mr. Beast, right? Good luck with that. But with B2B podcasting, it's all about narrow casting. It's a great term. I love it. And great example of that is the Contracting Officer Podcast, U.S. Government Contracting Officer Podcast. There's about, I, I don't know, there's a, there's a small number, sub 1,000, I think, um, 
people in the in the government that do purchasing. And there's a podcast specific for them. And that title leaves no thought and it leaves it's not very creative, but man, it tells you exactly who should be listening to this. And they do. And there is a line out the door of people who would love to get in front of contracting officers, you know, to to help them win that deal in the future. Give a little bit of a brand love, right? So so they have had sponsors knocking down their doors and had the opportunity to have sponsors. Uh, and also um, the company that, that hosts this uses it to promote their brand and they do consulting to help people speak better to contracting officers, right? So it's not necessarily about having an audience that's 100,000 strong, but if you have that narrow casted audience, that, that super um, um, fine point pen of a, of a segment that you speak to and you own that, Man, there's value to that because what happens if there's other companies that would love to talk to that same segment and they're hard to find, but you have them all listening to your show, or you have a lot of them listening, and that's where some sponsorships will come from. And then you'll find other people now paying you to do your own business development. And that's really the dream. Finally, content. Content needs its own slide, and it comes at this end here because there's all these other things that drive that drive direct business, indirect business, but we can't ignore the fact that podcasting is like a content marketing machine. You will never need again any content because there's so much comes from it. And, and really what I found from the marketing automation, the email marketing, content is growth fuel. You need it to grow a company. But there's some challenges that come with that. There's some challenges. The first is that good content takes time takes time. Either it takes the thought leader's time and there's not much of that available, or it takes the writer's time and maybe they're not the thought leader. So they don't know the specifics. So they're going to have to go do research or maybe they're going to bug the thought leader for their time. Either way, it takes a lot of time to research what the right answer is. Podcasting fixes that because instead of going out and researching, you literally are talking to the expert. So the host and the guest are experts in a field and they're talking about what the answers are right? And you don't need to go and research, are they right? Are they wrong? No, they're the experts. So you can just write what you hear. That cuts out the research time. I've seen it cut down the time to create blog posts by 80%. Next, there's typically terrible quality. Content has terrible quality. Why? Because we didn't want to spend the research on it. We didn't want to spend the time, didn't have the experts. So we just put out some garbage, hoping it would help us on SEO. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I have. I once downloaded a piece of content for it was it was titled like ai and marketing automation together forever or something and i was like oh this sounds good this is my field i need to learn about this i downloaded this piece of content it was designed very nice and it said absolutely nothing it was a complete garbage of a pdf and it actually made me hate that company because i feel like i got tricked so of course the next day a uh, poor sales rep called me and said oh do you want to talk about this. And I said, no, actually take me off your list. Unsubscribe me. And it's not your fault, but tell your marketing they suck. I didn't, I didn't tell them that, but I, in, in a few words, I told them like, look, you tricked me. That PDF told me nothing. I still don't know anything about what you're talking about. And, and I just, I don't want you to trick me again. So never talk to me again. And that's terrible for a brand, right? And that's what leads into the last one, which is activation. There's a staff from Uberflip. Uh, that I, I learned on my podcast a few years ago, that 87% of all content, content like this webinar, content like blog post or PDF or that, that one that I downloaded, 87% of it goes 
unread or unconsumed, meaning 87% of content doesn't even see the light of day for one pair of eyeballs. Like how terrible is that? That means we're creating a lot of junk content, probably not spending a lot of time on it, and then no one wants to read it, right? Podcasting flips that. You have the expert. You don't need to spend a lot of time. You have great quality because you're the expert right there in front of you. And it's easier to get activation. In fact, you're guaranteed activation because you have a guest who's going to share it with their audience. So no matter what, you're going to have activation on that content. And I had a great interview with Amber Khan. Um, Check her out, YouTube or on the podcast itself. She is the the high queen. She is the founder of uh, the Repurposed Den. What do they do? Really cool shop. They take your content, namely podcasts, and they will repurpose the hell out of it. Um, and we had a, a fun conversation where uh, she was saying that it could, you know, one piece, one hour long content, one hour long podcast could turn into, oh, tons of things. So I, I was like, stop. All right. I got my pen out and I said, I'm going to keep track. You tell me how many things a one hour podcast can turn into. And I'm going I'm to count over here. I started putting tick marks down on a piece of paper. And how many do you think? Quick question out to the audience. Quick question out to those in the chat. How many think she came up with talking to Amber? She's rattling off different kinds of content. She mentioned things like Instagram. She mentioned things like, um, you know, little clips, little reels. She mentioned blog posts, social content, all kinds of things. I see 20, I see 21. I love that Tom has taken the high road. (laughs) I see seven. Anyone else? 50. All right. Uh, you're going to have to do some math to figure out who won this one. Sean, you're, you're really close. Actually, no, I think, Sean, you win again on this one. Uh, clearly, you should be in podcasting, and I know you already are. Uh, and so, uh, well done. The, to- the total is actually 41. She probably, you probably could have come up with 50, Sean. But uh, she came up with 41 different individual pieces of content. And on this episode, if you listen to it, you'll hear her name each and every one of them. So if you're curious what those are, Go listen to that one. Uh, it was brilliant. But you can see how one episode, 41 pieces, that's more content than some companies have an entire year, right? And you're going to have a weekly show. You're certainly not going to create 41 for each show, but it just gives you an, a, the example that you could, if you needed all 41, you totally could do that. Uh, Price is right rules. Uh, nope, nope. Oh, yeah, going over. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to give it to Sean on this one. A nice try, Sam. All right. Next up, let's talk about ROI. Let's talk about tracking. Yes, it's time for math. And as we know, math is hard, but not today. Math is not hard today. Let's talk about how to measure it. Anyone familiar with seeing some marketing source reports might might see this chart. Don't freak out. But what you're seeing is actually a marketing funnel tipped on its side. On the left-hand side, you have different aspects of podcasting different sources, really, subsources of the podcast project itself. And then each one of these columns is actually a stage in a typical marketing funnel that leads into a sales pipeline. And so to start off, let's just walk through some of them so we can talk through the example of what it is. And if you see blanks, it's because that that particular source skips a, skips a part. Awareness is when people are aware of you, maybe they've hit your website, they're an impression, right? Or they're a they're a hit, they're a view, they're a watch, but you don't know who they are, right? So they're out in your universe, giving you views and watches and listens and likes and web hits, 
You don't know who they are, but as soon as you know their name, because maybe they filled out a form or you know them directly, then they become a name. So first one we talked about was that direct guest to consumer uh, or customer in this case. And let's say you do 55 shows in a year, right? They immediately start out as names and they're kind of engaged already, but using this particular uh, funnel, we're going to say they're not engaged until they've said something to you, either on the prep call or their show, or maybe a little bit afterward where they said, you know, I, that thing you mentioned you do, I'd really like to learn more about it. And there's a couple different times where in our method, we actually drop, plant a little seed uh, in your guest's mind. So they're very aware of what you do. And if there was an opportunity for them, if there was a need, they would let you know in several different parts of the process. And if they do that, now you can mark them as engaged They move them along the pipeline. And really from there, it's like, great, let's get the team involved and let's, you know, let's talk about what you need. Uh, qualified is where you have like a marketing or a sales qualified lead where you're saying, send this to sales. Let's start a, a sales conversation. And sales is of course going to create an opportunity or a deal, depending on what CRM you use and to track that. And then you're going to win some of them. Um, it's usually a high percentage, usually a high percentage of the deals you're going to win because it's a no brainer that you should work together. So if there is a need, it'll go right on through. Uh, other ones, referral. This is where those, those guests themselves are referring you to their friends and their colleagues. Again, they're skipping that awareness. They're going right to a name. You got 14 referrals from all the different guests you have. And guess what? Those never, those never expire. So you have a guest on your show. They may send you a referral a year later or two years later because they're on your show and they remember what you do. Um, because with this particular process, you're going to make sure they're aware of that before they go. So you can see how that can, can go through the process. Um, by the way, any questions looking at this, Tom, math is not your strong suit. I totally get it. But yeah, yeah, easy to understand, right? You can see how people progress through the funnel. So these are the kind of things we want to track um, in our podcast. Next, indirect, that's where we're talking about you know, web views, you can track that someone hits the website um, via the podcast, or you can track that they hit your podcast first, and then um, their awareness, right? They're just, you know, web hits or, or views or listens, but eventually they fill out a form. You might have a form on your podcast that says subscribe here or get the show notes or, you know, or get the freebie or whatever the case may be. And then they become a name. It's really important and critical to try to convert them from that anonymous awareness to a name. And you can see sponsorships like we talked about down here. Each one has a flow, has a flow through the different process. And each one will have different characteristics. Some of the direct ones will, will have a higher conversion percentage. You can see some of the more indirect ones have a lower percentage. Um, but because it's a B2B podcast, we're able to use that. The top two lines are really powerful. And that 13 may look like a small number in the, in the one deals from the direct to guest, uh, guest to, to customer, but they're usually your biggest deals. So that often makes a difference. So we mentioned each line is its own funnel. And then costs, oftentimes you'll see them on the left before awareness. So you can do, you can do cost uh, per name, cost per aware, cost per engage. You can, you know, you have your cost on the left. And on the right, just to the right of one, you would have the revenue specifically, specifically from each of the 13, 4, 22 deals. You have that listed over there. Now we can do calculations, you know, how much average revenue per opportunity for this, for that. And then you start calculating things like return on investment, which we'll get to next. Finally, I'm not listing content here because as a reminder, content is actually not a source. People don't just magically hear about something. They 
are told about it, right? Or they find it or they discover it. Now it gets a little gray with a podcast because they may have discovered it and they discovered it on iTunes. So technically iTunes was the source, uh, but, but the podcast was a mechanism that got them in or brought them in. So there's a little bit of a gray area there. And if you start calculating content's ability to influence a deal, well, then it's going to get credit for every deal of your whole company and it'll be hard to calculate. So you kind of have to restrict it a little bit. Now, what gets measured gets done. Let's talk about ROI. I think the, one of the common mistakes, uh, and I talked to a great guy named Jen, uh, Jim Lenskold, and he actually wrote Marketing ROI. Great, great book, very math, math heavy. <laughs> he summarized it on the podcast, though, if you want to get the Cliff Notes version or the Caveman version. But Jim talked about this concept where a lot of times we think ROI is how much money came from a particular source. You're like, oh, uh, we closed a $20,000 deal. Great. Is the ROI 20,000? Well, no. How much did it cost to, to bring that in? Well, we spent five grand on that and then we sold it for 20. So you got to make sure you actually subtract the cost. So even this graphic's a little tricky, right? Because if you look at this, the math is not simply how much revenue you made, your gross revenue, and then divided by the cost. No, no, no. It's net. So actually you need to separate out this top line right here. You see down below net actually means the revenue minus the cost. So cost of investment is actually in there twice. So you have how much revenue we made minus the cost above the cost. And that's how you get the percent of what the return on investment is. And one of the things that Jim talked about a lot on our episode was that ROI is actually a financial metric. So in marketing or whatever department you're in, you want to make sure you don't just casually throw that term around because if there's a CFO in the room, they're going to call BS on it and you don't want to have egg on your face. Final point, which now that we understand the concept of ROI, or at least we've sort of reaffirmed our ability to calculate it, um, our model here at Ringmaster is actually to have greater than 100% ROI with one direct-to-guest conversion. So one of your guests convert, we want that to equal 100% or more of your um, as, an, as an ROI um, within just one show. So that's what we're, we're looking for here. And those are the ideal customers too. But what that means is that with one guest turning into a customer, the other 51 interviews are literally going right to your ROI because your cost has already been paid for. So what we like to do is have that first episode, basically that deal zeroes out cost for you and everything else is just gravy. All right. Let's make it real. Let's make it real. And then I know we're coming up on time. And if you have to bounce, you can always check the recording out to, uh, to grab some of the questions, but we'll keep going. All right. What would a podcast look like? A lot of people bring up the idea that it takes a lot of time to do a podcast. And I think the difference is if you work with a group versus doing it on your own. If you do it on your own, it's true. It takes a lot of time. It takes time booking. It takes time editing. Editing can be a black hole sometimes where you sit down to edit, you look up and it's the next day or something, right? Like it, it, it can be deceiving just how much time it takes to do that. Um, and normally people don't have the time to initially stitch all that stuff together. So that's where Ringmaster comes in. And so if you're working with us, the time is actually very, very, very minimal. And so when we're doing a launch, which is a 30-day process in that first month, it's only an hour a week. So it's a one hour long call and there's four of them. And then once you're live and you're doing your show, um, really it only needs a 30 minute prep call with the host and the guest. And then one hour or however long your show is going to be uh, call scheduled with the guest. 
And so oftentimes our, our hosts typically see about an hour and a half um, a week of a time commitment, which is really minimal. And you can even bunch them all together and do a couple one particular week and then you know go on vacation the next week. So it's very flexible. Next, what does a launch look like? So I mentioned earlier, there's four one-hour calls. Well, we have some logistical calls where we talk about scheduling and branding because one of the things that we're going to do our, on our side is do everything for you so that all you have to do is show up for a prep call and show up for the show itself. You don't actually have to do any of the other scheduling, booking, research, all that stuff. It's all in editing, social, it's all done for you. So we're going to talk through the logistics of how that works on a couple calls. And then we're also going to have some strategy calls with you where we help you figure out what you should call it. Who should you invite? And also, how do you do it? And what kind of questions should you ask on the show? We're going to go through all that with you. And then finally, we have a checklist, a project checklist, where there's a bunch of options or, or items for us to go through. And there's only about four for you to do. So again, doing all the heavy lifting so you can just launch this thing and do what you do best, which is talking to people. Really, the question to you, just to think about now, and those on the recording or those who are live, is just who might be those first four guests you would have on your podcast that would join a podcast that doesn't exist just yet, but soon will. You need those friends or, or favorite customers or people that you trust. Will, yeah, sure. I'll come on there. Uh, ask me your questions. You know, let's see what happens. All right. This last thing, um, it's time. It's time. And if you'd like to schedule an intro call, so it's very easy. All you have to do is type in LFG which stands for let's have fun and go or some other things. If you know, you know, I like to type is F, uh, LFG into the chat or you can text it to that number or you can send Elena an email and say, yes, I would like to talk about this. Is this, is this a reality for my company? Would this fit my company? And I'd like to know more. And a lot of times we have conversations with, with teams who totally get the why we talked about here today. And they want to take that next step to understand Tell me more about the how. How exactly does this happen? You mentioned this launch stuff and the naming, and I have a lot of questions. We go over that on that first call. So it's about 30 minutes or less. A couple of things to prepare for that call is who do you want to meet? Who would be your ideal guests? Who are your ideal customers? Roughly how much value do you get per customer? Because that'll help us help you evaluate if this is the right channel for you. Sometimes it's not if your customers are too small. And then finally, do you have some established growth goals for your company or your department? Do you have particular goals you're trying to reach? And we can try to see if podcasting can fit into those goals and help you achieve them. All right. Lastly, we have an offer. If you um, respond you know, to this webinar, either recorded or live, and you send an email uh, to Elena or myself, LFG, uh, we will, if you sign up with us, you know, we'll have, we'll schedule a call, but if you, should you sign up with us after that call and there is no obligation, but should you sign up, we will get you all the gear and we will just send it to you um, as a part of signing up and it'll be all included for free. So, all right. With that, it is time to address the questions. And so we bid a fond farewell to our friends listening on the recording, as this is something we only do for the live show. But if you do have any questions, my email address is right there. Thank you all for joining.